Syria A fans everywhere. From our nation's capital, this is Cool of America. Welcome back, Curve Americans and Podcast Paisani, and a happy Halloween to everybody out there. Week 11, the scariest one to date in the Serie A. How are you guys doing this week? Pretty good. I mean, we're sharing a mic. We're, we're touching shoulders here. We're, one of our mic cords blew out, and uh, we're doing our best with it. I thought this was just our Halloween costume, Siamese podcasters. Yeah, let's go with that. Uh, this is officially our worst podcast for me, anyway. Uh, although, I don't have to share a microphone, so if enjoy. Our, if our beards just grow together. We're a hydra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so so, we... so yeah, don't, don't mind if the doorbell rings and I gotta throw candy at kids, or I, I hear Leslie's watching Poltergeist in the other room, <laughs> is blaring, so... If, if, you're, if you hear that, that's scary noises of a scary movie on Halloween. That is the background noise, guys. Uh, yeah, so happy Halloween to everybody out there. We are still talking about soccer. We want to start this week off because this is being recorded in America. We've got some MLS action, guys. It's playoff time. Very American theme to uh, soccer and uh, the Italians in the MLS. Let's start off with them. I think we got to start with Jovinko beating my New York Red Bulls last night pretty much by himself in leg one. Um, did you guys catch any of that game? What do you think of Jovinko? I didn't catch the game, but I saw that uh, the highlight of his free kick. And I think the, the announcer said it best. In, I was watching the Portland game. Those free kicks are starting to turn into PKs for him. I mean, he's like the HDCT taking free kicks, scoring mad goals. Joinko definitely one of the best MLS players of all time. Yeah, no, uh, definitely. I still, I mean, we're biased, I guess, being here in the North American markets, but I don't know. feel like he should at least get a call up for a friendly or something for Italy. They're just not even looking at him. It's a crime that they haven't called him up, and I get that the MLS is not at the level it should be. But uh, I got to say, I've been impressed with the last couple games I've watched. The playoffs are always good to watch, and Jovinko is one of the best players in the league. The uh, other Italian well-known in the uh, MLS is Pirlo. He's going out with his swan song with NYCFC. I saw they're playing the Columbus Crew tonight. I don't know if you guys have been following that story, but Save the Crew is the hashtag, man. Taking their team out of Ohio, maybe moving to Texas. Really feel for the Columbus fans out there. Just I get America's got a business plan for, for sports here, but... Being a Roma fan, you just can't imagine Roma going to another city just because of money. It's just, Soccer, I hope, operates a different way, even in America. Our old buddy Hang the DJ is probably hating this one big time. Also, Columbus is a great town, man. Keep, keep it there. I mean, you, you got an NHL team there. Mm-hmm. Um, but Pirlo, dipping out, man, that's, 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 that's going to hit hard. I think it's fair to say that uh, his, trophy won't, his trophy case won't be complete without an MLS trophy. Well, let's see if he gets that much time with uh, New York City FC in the playoffs. I think he may have fallen down the pecking order a little bit. Yeah. The but, other one... But I'd be awesome if he just like turns up the last game. I mean, I just want to see one more like hammered Pirlo championship celebration. Yep, that would be cool for sure. The other uh, one I want to mention, guys, is Atlanta. I typed in Atlanta here, but uh, it's Atlanta FC down in uh, Georgia. Joseph Martinez played for Torino before transferring last season, uh, so a little bit of a Serie A connection there. MLS, 
continue with the connections to Syria. Hopefully, uh, that can be a two-way street. Uh, some Americans going to Syria as well. We would love to do that. They're super happy about having an MLS team in Atlanta juxtaposed. There we go. My 50-cent word to uh, Columbus, the, the Atlanta. Man, they, they made that investment. There's people turning up. Yep. Uh, yeah, like 60,000 60, people, 70,000 people in the stadium, uh, the new Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Love to see that. Love that it's Atlanta doing that. That's really great. Yeah, well, little known fact, Usher plays every halftime show um, <laughs> for home games, so that's why they turn up, and they love some Usher down there. Uh, they say that if they get a certain amount of... Uh, of fans that come to the to the games this season, Outcast will release another album. So I'll take it. Yeah, there's some good articles about the connection with music and soccer down there. So keep it up, Atlanta. Uh, talking about that two way street, guys. Uh, I'm going to throw this in. I saw some rumors. Giuseppe Rossi. Uh, I know he's Italian, but he's New Jersey strong. Uh, talking to him, ending up in Serie A, maybe the next transfer window. So. If more uh, Serie A players are coming to MLS, I think that's great, but would love to see some uh, Americans or people with American connections heading to Serie A, Forza Bebito. Yeah, uh, Napoli is going to need that depth, so let's, let's, let's give them a runaround. We, we will see that. Uh, makes a lot of sense that we want to see players like that in the Serie A. Arguably, guys, Serie A, the hottest Euro League right now. I mean, we had a big day for Roma fans. We beat Chelsea, so that's a feather in our cap there. But uh, Serie A, a lot of parity at the top. Really happy with how things are going early on in the season. Yeah, the league is skyrocketing right now. Uh, you know, the, the teams is just it's hard fought battles. Uh, the top five are are no gimmies. Um, that you know that you really got to bring your A game uh, uh, to have them drop points. And in fact, Napoli so far um, one of the few teams in Europe besides PSG and Man City that are without a defeat. Juventus, you know, reigning six-time Scudetti champions. OTFR out of nowhere, you know, uh, 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 is just crushing it despite spelling Kate Balda. Spalletti's taken Inter to new heights in Roma. You know, I mean, God pointed and said, let there be a great soccer team that only has three Scudetti in their history. And then boom, Roma, who is, like you said, waxing out Chelsea today. I'm going to have to correct you over here, uh, Chief Pronunciator. Uh, as usual, but Inter also doesn't have a loss. So it just goes to prove your point even further. The parody is real. So now we get these games on BN, right? Yeah. And mega goal scorers, you know, I mean, just, just just huge performances offensively, but still great defense, great goal, goaltending, goalkeeping. I always get those, you know, confused. I'm a bruto americano, but... Uh, 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 is that did I pronounce that right, Marco? It sounded pretty good. Bruto americano. Oh, what, what's this bottle of olive oil all of a sudden doing in my hand? Is, 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 this, it, is this back hair all of a sudden? Put it in your hair. Put it in your hair. I'm clearly sharing a mic over there, guys. <laughs> all right. Well, Serie A is definitely exciting. Let's get into it, guys, with week 11 and the rundown. All right, we got a Halloween theme this week. Here we go, Tad. Juventus go into the San Siro and leave like the prom scene in Kerry. Napoli rise from the dead and eat Sassuolo's brains, while OTFR are the Hansel and Gretel to the witches of Benevento. Sampdoria welcome their elders of Chievo to the village of the damned. Roma let Bologna know they're going to need a bigger boat. <laughs> Jaws reference here for Halloween. All right. Yeah, this is the scariest, uh, uh, scariest villain of all time is the shark. There you go. Speaking of sharks, Crotone dress up like their dead mother and take out all the viola at the Bates Motel. Whee! 
and Genoa have no Van Helsing for when they look into Dracula's, Dracula's eyes at Spall. And Atalanta ring Udinese's doorbell for candy, but the Zebrete tell them to get off their lawn. Well done. Happy Halloween. Kind of cheesy, but, you know, I whipped it together real, real nice, real quick with the baking soda. There you go. There you go. We want to remind everybody we got social media out there. You can find Curve America on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can find the podcast in many, many places. iTunes, SoundCloud, now Stitcher, new development there. CurveAmerica.com, ASRoma360.com. Tad, what should they do on those websites? Well, they should definitely subscribe, rate, and content. That's how the podcast grows. That's how the uh, uh, that's how the Syria grows. The revolution, the soccer revolution, will not be televised, guys. It will be podcasted. Cheers to that! Oh yeah, baby, we got that shameless beer plug of the week. Um, last week, you noticed it got cut out because we had some. Technical editing issues. Uh, Marco's jaw was clicking so much. You might have thought that was feedback, but uh, it was it was actually his ears popping left and right. Um, this one. So we're, we're, I brought two different beers back from my hometown of Decor, Iowa, from the great brewing company Toppling Goliath, and this is their flagship India Pale Ale, the Golden Nugget. So this stuff's mad delicious, son. So good, it makes you want to check it in a uh, in a Minneapolis airport bag. And uh, hopefully not end up like Rose McGowan these day, today, getting arrested for some sort of nefarious bag checking uh, 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 activities going on. But Golden Nugget guys, Toppling Goliath, making Decor Iowa more famous than a Syria odd podcaster ever will. All right, looking forward to this one. Last week's was delicious. Tad, I'm going to join you. And we're going to go off to the top five. Mmm, that just tastes like Northeast Iowa. Up first at the top of the table, Napoli playing Sassuolo. This finished 3-1 in Napoli's favor. Napoli knock out a patsy in Sassuolo to get ready for the Milan for their Man City title challenge. Tad, what do you got here? For the second time this week, guys, the Ant Army put up three goals uh, on a bottom table team. You know, three big takeaways from this one. Drace Mertens with another insane week. You know, some of the best goals of the season, if you're going back to the, to the midweek game um, that they had, uh, then going into the weekend game. I mean, he had a free kick that was just unreal. In fact, not even the best free kick of this uh, of this past week in the Serie A, as we'll get into. A volley that was unbelievable. Six goals in his, in his last three games and just, and has scored 60 goals now in the Serie A. And apparently he's feeling it now because he tweeted out after 200 games he feels like a bigger man. So yes, height joke. We were we were good on that. We welcome Trace Mertens <laughs> to the Curve America height joke. I'm sure that everybody in the world isn't. You know, I mean, I guess when you're dodging the undersides of children's shoes so they don't step on you, yeah. um, you know, that, that, then you got you got to have a little bit of a sense of humor about it when you look up to Danny DeVito. You know, <laughs> yeah, like exactly. That's. that's I just can't wait for uh, you know hear a knock at the door and see Mertens asking for candy tonight. Don't don't add us, Trace. Don't add us. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I think that he has to uh, actually stand on Lorenzo and Signe's shoulders to be allowed into most theme park 
uh, children's rides. So. <laughs> yeah, well, but I mean, uh, Drace Merton's just just crushing it. And again, another one of these just super super fire Syria strikers right now that is just making the the goal scorer in the Syria um, so exciting. Not only scoring almost every single game that he goes out. I mean, I think he's got something ridiculous. Not as, not as ridiculous as as Chiri Mobile. But I think he's got something like every every like eighty three minutes he's scoring a goal, but not just that, just wicked goals, like goals that just put them nips on blast. I can still continue to say about Napoli, just they're fun to watch, man. They they're just the way they play is so beautiful that I don't think it's uh, a concession here that guys like Man City with Pep Guardiola, they've caught Europe's attention here. I think by their style of play. Oh man, really Pe- like Pepper the podcast and Pud is trotting around. He's taking nice, solid poops on every single walk. I mean, he's loving being a Napoli fan. I can't imagine how the rest of them out there. But guys, Napoli score six more goals this week in two games, and they're three points clear at the top. I mean, are, are we really getting excited for the first time since the 89-90 season that Napoli is going to go for this Scudetto? But I mean, not only are they doing that, they're dominating. Yeah. You know, 70%, 70% possession in both of these games. Uh, you know, I mean, it kind of even overshadows the fact that they did play Sassuolo and Genoa, who managed to score, um, you know, th- uh, three goals on this week. So a little bit of chink in the defense there. But, I mean, these guys uh, uh, are really crushing it right now. Yeah, and I might be getting a little ahead of myself here, but I am not going to be fully excited about Napoli until I see a big statement win out in Europe. Because I think we all know in Serie A, we've known it for the past couple of seasons, that this is a team that can hang with the best of them. We just need to prove it. Um, you know, it's not good enough that the announcer before the the Champions League game says how dangerous they are. I want them to come out. I want them to spank Man City and just show the world Serie A over EPL all day, baby. Yeah. Well, I mean, right now they got to climb out of third place in their group to even do that. Um you know the the one thing that's going to be interesting for these team guys though is 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 Sari. I mean, you know, he he's got his eyes on the Scudetto. He you know, he's he thinks that the winner of the Scudetto this year is going to have over 90 points. And anything that we've seen through week 11 is, you know, is is not, you know, turning anything away against that. I mean, these guys are are scoring points like uh uh like like Steph Curry in a high school basketball game. Like Marco Boriello on his homecoming. It's very true. Um the the big question I think too for for Napoli right is uh, they've got big games are they deep enough because I think you're seeing that with a number of teams of of whether they're resting Atalanta is another one here of you know are they playing for Serie A are they playing for Europa is Napoli deep enough and is Sari resting his players rotating them enough what do you think well that's a huge question for this team because you would think going into Sassuolo where Sassuolo I mean they've they've looked anemic of late I mean they're they're just barely out of the relegation zone, and that's not even really saying a lot. That I think this would be the perfect time to, uh, uh, you know, especially with the you had a midweek game and you got another game in Europe coming up. Um, that you know, why start Merton's Callihon? Callihon, <laughs> who uh, is rocking a very similar haircut to me these days, and you know, Alan, Jorginho, um, and uh, uh, Insigne. Like you know, why why bring these guys out for this game? Why not not play your bench? To see if you can rest these players a little bit. Yeah, but you know, it might go back to the fact that we're saying, you know, that they are focusing on Serie A. Just looking at the bench though from this last game against Oswaldo, you know, you can see here like where are the 
the forwards. I mean, a lot of midfielders on there, defenders, no forwards. Um, I think you know, pretty I, soon we're going to slap a, 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 a number nine on, on Rafael, the goalkeeper, the backup goalkeeper. <laughs> it's just, you know, they need to have somebody, maybe pull somebody up from the, from the, the youth academy or, or something. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm interested to see what happens in the January transfer window. We're only about a month away now. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, month and, two months, two months. Hopefully, uh, uh, and for Chris's sake, maybe their next forward is actually just getting a, a, a physical therapy in New Jersey at the moment. In the great state of New Jersey. Giuseppe Rossi, looking your way. And I, hey, look, I don't think that's just Curve America saying that. That's definitely a big rumor. So what are our predictions for tomorrow, guys? I mean, like, as worthless as that, that is to do, I mean, is, is this the time, finally, that, uh, that Napoli step up to the challenge and get that big Euro win? I mean, is it worthless? Because uh, I, I did feel today that, that Roma was going to win big, 2 nothing, and uh, they exceeded that expectation. I think Serie A is super strong right now, and Napoli in particular is extremely nice right now, extremely dangerous in the, in the attack. Um, you know, Man City hasn't seen a lot of that uh, in the EPL this, this year, um, although I feel the EPL is strong. Uh, Napoli just has a different style of play. And uh, I think if they kind of play similar between the two teams, I think if Napoli comes out uh, firing on all cylinders, they can pull a big result and uh, put Man City on the back end. Uh, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm, I'm predicting a 2-1 win. Yeah, you guys think that Napoli wants it at this point? I mean, that's the that's the one big question mark for them. I mean, they 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 want it as bad as you know maybe Drace Mertens wants three or four more inches, but uh, uh, of height, of height. <laughs> um, I'm I'm is this game in uh, is this game in England? No. Uh, so, uh, so, I mean, even then, still, I mean, you know, it's gonna be rocking down there. Oh yeah, I read that they banned belts. From the stadium, really? so they're get, they're getting ready for that. I mean, dude, Napoli fans be cray. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I want to say Napoli on this one. I'm just gonna go with my gut. Yeah, Nap- Napoli takes this one. Yeah, two one, two one. I'm uh, I'm gonna go the opposite way, guys. I want Napoli to shock the world, but I think Man City they're uh, firing firing on all cylinders this year. Uh, it's gonna be a tough one. I'm gonna say two one the other way to Man City. So Forza Napoli tomorrow in Champions. Let's keep rolling, guys. We've got Hellas and Inter. This one finished 1-2. Inter, the other undefeated team in Serie A. Keep it rolling. Guys, I love the parody in Serie A early on this season. Marco, what do you got? The professor, Valero, scores uh, a beautiful uh, volley after a a nice little cross from Candreva. Uh, But then Pazzini kind of making a meal out of uh, Andanovic is clipping his ankle, uh, but the VAR did strike down on Inter and uh, gets Pazzini up at the spot. Obviously, he has to score against his ex-team, and Pazzini's on the score sheet to tie it up. But Inter, the way things are going, you knew they were going to get one back through a massive Perisic slap. And, uh, you know, I really did think that Icardi was going to get on the score sheet here. He's hungry. He's three back from Immobile. And that's my first takeaway. No Icardi. You know, maybe I was hyping it a little bit too much. Um, but again, two really assist men uh, turn goal scorers in this game. It just goes to show that it's not only Icardi on Inter. Well, I mean, it just kind of speak to what we were talking about with uh, all of the, the high-powered scoring in the Serie A so far that you expect... That if Inter is pl- is playing, is particularly if they're going to be playing Ellis, that Icardi is out there blasting goals. 
You know, he's spreading cheeks and he's blasting them in. So uh, I, I, I don't I don't blame you for that. I, I had a strong feeling that Icardi was going to score, you know, 31 goals this game as well. I have a feeling we're going to hear the Icardi name again later on in this podcast. I also liked with Spalletti, guys, in this one. I continue to be a fan of Spalletti. I think he's really good with the media. Just saying how Perisic is crucial for them uh, in this game and for Inter in their efforts. So it's not just Icardi. He know, Spalletti knows how to splash around the uh, the praise to to keep everyone engaged. Well, I mean, he he put the kibosh on a huge move for Perisic this summer to keep him. So you know he's. He's as tied to Perisic as Marco and I are to this shared armrest. And scoot over, man, and, and stop spitting on the mic. I'm okay. telling you, man, if this podcast keeps going the way it's going, I think we might have to switch to this. Yeah. Also they- to save $15 on the court <laughs> as we're broke as hell. Um, but Elas with the crispy kits, guys, my second big takeaway. Uh, we said at the beginning of the season, you know, that this was the, the team that looked to be out of the promotion teams, the one with the most talent, a couple veterans on there. You know, Pazzini wasn't starting towards the beginning of the season, but he's, uh, you know, he's kind of been scoring a goal here and there. Uh, they do have six points or in second to last place. But, guys, the atmosphere was bumping. There's still a lot of energy around the team. And uh, I still believe that they can get out of that relegation. That danger zone. Certainly, it's uh, competitive. The second half of the table, uh, nothing's guaranteed. Uh, there's a lot of parity down there, too. I like that the fans, credit to them, Marco, you're right, because, uh, again, Hellas's coaches just keeps just keeping me down of trying to be, keep it dull. You know, knocking a derby game, saying it's like any other game. Hey, if you're a Hellas fan, go nuts. Get crazy. Well, the eyeball test on this one, guys, is, you know, to us, Hellas just is always a premier, sorry, a Serie A team. And, you know, it's Luca Toni's team. I mean, we talked about him last year because Luca Toni was on that team, even though they, they weren't in the Serie A. So you, you look at teams like Spall, Crotone, Benevento, you're like, you know, who are these guys? You know, Ellis has got to finish ahead of them. I think it's pretty safe to say that unless ben- Benevento is, you know, going to take the Crotone run to the next level, um, they're going to stay down. But the the rest of these guys right now is still way too early to tell. They're just they're just three points away from from you know being closer to you know thirteenth, fourteenth place. Another exciting game for Inter on the horizon, guys. Uh, they're expecting 70000 for the Torino game this weekend. So week 12, already looking forward to that. I mean, look, Inter fans, more than Milan fans, probably have something to cheer about this season. But it's just great. I love that the, both the Milan teams are selling out the stadium like that. 70,000 people. That's awesome. Absolutely. And uh, today was another Serie uh, A on display with uh, Roma Stadium being full now. You don't see that. You you saw that in the last couple of years, maybe only against Barca. Like, there's just a lot of hype, and for whatever reason, people are just going out this season, coming out to the games. Yep, famoso stadio. Imagine if we all had state of the art stadiums. Imagine uh, Roma. They're they're giving away free tickets if the stadium's full. Man, it's really hard to sell that place out. There's yeah. like a gazillion seats. It's big. Yep. Let's keep rolling, guys. To the third game, we've got the other team from Milan, AC Milan, taking on Juve. And it finished 2-0 in Juve's favor. Il Chiatone, Iguain, grabs his 100th and 101st goal in Serie A to sink Milan at home. And they keep Montella's seat as hot as the provocative Halloween costumes everyone wore last Saturday. 
Tad, specifically, you you pull off that that sexy costume very well, buddy. Yeah, you know, yeah, I've, <laughs> I've always wanted to be a cheerleader. There you um, go. So. so, little Halloween stuff themed here. The two Juve costumes, guys, we've been talking about are some comic book characters. First one up is the man, Dybala. We've called him Nightwing, so there's an idea for you tonight if you're doing a last-minute costume run. But he didn't score in this game. It was the other guy. It was... Iguain in this one, and guys, he kind of, this is why Juve got him, right? I mean, Juve paid for him to get goals when they needed him, but also to keep a contender down in Napoli, but he's not the guy anymore. It does seem like Dybala's team, and Iguain gets the brace in this one, but it wasn't expected. It was kind of a surprise, and he's only got six goals on the season. Yeah, but the way he scored those two goals just reminded you of what he has in that in, in that brain of his, uh, which uh, is uh, s- starting to get cold in the winter with his hair just slowly falling out. Um, he is just a money, money striker. And like you can see that he knows exactly where he's at in the box at all times. The two goals he scored just kind of peeling out very little space to slip it into that right bottom hand corner. Um, just honestly, uh, I think Iguain this season he's going to fall under the radar and end up at the top of the goal scorers list you know maybe three four off the top the goal scorer so you're putting him in as a capo canonieri contender yes i am and you right. can't you can't uh you can't put him down especially when everybody's got their attention on dibala and he's got a chip on his shoulder it just goes to show that you know nobody really knows anything and how <laughs> where where it's going like Iguain's getting hammered every year uh, you know, he comes back, he's too fat, you know, uh, blah, 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 blah. He doesn't, doesn't have a bazillion goals. You know, we're all dead and buried, this guy. You know, we're, we're, we're putting Dybala above him. I mean, you, you, gotta, you can't forget that just about every time he goes out there, he puts on a good performance. He's getting assists. You know, he's playing with his back to goal a lot now. I mean, he's just, he, he's, like, he's like the Charles Barkley of the Serie A, <laughs> just back and fools down. Um, and, and, you know, and he doesn't shy away from the drama. So, you know, he's got them, you know, pale enorme and, uh, uh, he's, he's not listening to it. So I think that anytime you start to, you know, sleep on Iguain, you know, he's, he's going to come out and hurt you. Only difference between him and Barkley is he's already got a championship ring with Juve. Yeah. Sorry, Sir Charles. And he's still got the remaining seven hair strands on top of his head, <laughs> unlike Sir Charles. Yeah, Mark. And we haven't knighted. We haven't knighted Iguain yet. Should, should he be? Should he be? Should he be Sir Fat Man pretty soon? <laughs> yeah, throw more titles at him. Yeah. By the way, he scored today against Sporting Lisbon, and uh, disappointing tie for Juventus, who had a real big chance to take a step forward here with Barca tying as well. But um, you know, just goes to show Iguain's kind of hot right now. I think some of these teams, though, if we're going to just carry on for the Champions League for a second with Juventus, I think some of these teams like Juventus are looking at kind of the group stages of the uh, of the Champions League as kind of like you know how Cleveland Cavaliers look at the NBA season or uh, uh, or like the Golden State Warriors. Like you, you're expected to win every game and win big, but you're like guys, we kind of have a different game plan going down here, and when we need to put the screws to you. Man, you know, get get ready because, you know, we can come all out. I mean, this is a team that's been in the final two out of the last three years. If that's true, it's a different approach from last season because Juve kind of felt like they ran away with it right away last season. This one, they're three points off the top of the table, so definitely not running away with it, but it's safe to say that they are contenders in this one. 
Switching over to the other side, guys. Milan. Gotta give credit to the Halloween TIFO for the fans. Just unbelievable. Worth checking out on social media. The fans are the real winners so far this season with just an irrational exuberance for their team. They're down in the basement, but they're still coming out for this one. They don't have a lot to cheer for in in either Serie A or Europa, but they had 80,000 fans at this one in the San Siro, which is amazing. And on top of that, Tad, you found the TV coverage number, no? Yeah, 730 million people across. I mean, that's like... That's like almost Super Bowl numbers, man. That's yeah. double of the United States population. Yeah. All right, yeah, Marco. Some quick math right there, Chief man. pronunciator, chief statistician. Boys, yeah. boys, I'm an engineer, and you guys <laughs> already knew that, but I have to prove myself every once in a while because I think that you guys think I'm just a young, dumb blonde. No, no, just just uh, Chris Ross and I are a bit more refined. I would say we're the chief cultural attaches where you can be statistician as well. So if you need a 90s Chris Farley movie reference, you know, we're, we're blaying down from the ceiling, you know, just, just on call, just blow the, the the 90s movie reference horn. And, you know, we'll, we'll dig back into the archives of, of, you know, of middle school and high school and come out with <laughs> yeah. that. But yeah, 80,000 at Milan, you know, for them to turn up this game. Yes, it is Juventus. And like, you know, I mean, all the Milanese, you got to be just dying for that statement. You know, Serie A win, just just on, just boys to men, unbended knee. Yep. There we go. Cultural, yep. chief cultural attache. and uh, Double the U.S. population. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that's my armrest. Um, but, but cheers on that, man. I mean... Well, I, they can't let Inter show them up. They yeah. can't have Inter coming out with massive, you know, selling 70,000 tickets for a Torino game. Like, that, they got they got to rock this 80,000. That's true. So they're buying into the dream here. A little bit more on the TIFO itself. It was a huge pumpkin, so continues with the Halloween theme. But in a graveyard, and all of the graveyard headstones have dates on them, knocking on Juve's losses with uh, their Champions League losses. The translation in Italian, the cup, the dream, the big nightmare. Credit to Milanisti out there around the world. That was clever. Sadly, that was the biggest thing they had to cheer for uh, in this game because Montella and Bonucci, who are the coach and the highest paid player for captain, Milan. Captain. And well. captain, that's right. Uh, just didn't, didn't do well with no goals to, to cheer for in this one. Montella apparently was all in for this game. His quote, winning this one would be an instantaneous boost for us, and he just didn't get it. Oh, hashtag just things coaches say. Yeah. Things Chris is, quotes Chris finds. No, I, I like to hear what the coaches have to say. He's got some more here, but I'll leave it at that for Marco's sake. He's got to share a microphone tonight. But I'd really like to see the owners give Montella a vote of confidence, and there are rumors that they did. Sky Sport Italia, Corriello dello Sports, Mediaset, all saying that the club confirmed its faith in Montella in a two-hour meeting with him, Marco Fassone, the chief CEO for the team, and the, direct, the sporting director, Massimiliano Mirabelli. So... A vote of confidence for Montella. That's not going to take him off the hot seat, especially with the fans. But if if, uh, Milan is going anywhere, they do need time, it seems like. And uh, I think they've just come down to earth a little bit. That's where they are. Uh, As soon as somebody comes back uh, and into the picture, I think Montella is well on his way out. Uh, Did I say last week, give him till December? Yeah. Give him till mid November. Thanksgiving. <laughs> Give him till Thanksgiving. Yeah, this 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 Milan sinking ship is is basically like a, we're we're in kind of the mid to uh, uh, the second or third act of like a Stephen King dystopian book novel where uh, 
You know, the, the villagers are starting to turn on to themselves. Irrationality is starting to seep in. That I mean, pretty soon they're gonna, the, these Milan fans are going to be tearing at their flesh if if you know they find themselves mid-table. You know, at, at the end of this month. Speaking of irrationality, we've got Benucci, who is sitting out not only the midweek game because of red card suspension, but also this game, guys. There's a great article on Bleacher Report about him being sold from Juve. Juve actually making making Juve look humane in the article because they let him stay in Italy because his uh, family situation, his kid has been sick, he wanted to stay in the country. But the sale didn't actually hurt Juve, even though they sold to an Italian competitor. He's been going through a rough break so far. What do you guys think? Is Juve missing him, or is this uh, uh, no big deal for them, or Benucci? I think they're missing him, but in the long run, it's going to be much better for them. Uh, maybe you could argue he's at the tail end of his career. Um, just, you know, you can see with, with Milan, he's just not doing that well. Um, and Rugani, you know, some, at some point, you need to get up to speed. Uh, so this is a trial by fire for Rugani. It's going to be better for, for Juventus in the long run, like I just said. But, you know, Bonucci needs to pick it up because, you know, we're looking for him to be a real leader on the Italian national team. And uh, he can't just let this Milan team just keep sinking. He was supposed to be the number one purchase. I, I, I re- still remember when we were talking about Milan's transfer window and I, I made a point saying, you know, they didn't really get any like seasoned veterans. And then Tad goes, well, what about Bonucci? And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. I mean, he's definitely a huge purchase, a uh, huge transfer and he just hasn't panned out. So he needs to pick it up. I don't know. Maybe just, uh, maybe he shaves that beard, those mutton chops Ooh, no. and he comes out new man, no. new man, maybe even Bix his head and he's just Borja Valero. <laughs> I, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I think, real quick, I think Juventus is definitely missing him. Uh, he he is a solid foundation on that team, and his passing ability from the back up, they haven't been able to replace that. And I think that Milan, I mean, I think that they still have to... We're, we're 11 games in the experiment, and yes, he's been really bad so far, but uh, uh, and he, he's he's got to turn around at some point. He's just too good of a player. And that? he's still kind of young. Did you hear that, Chris? God has spoken, so I think we can move on. <laughs> Let's uh, go to someone who thinks he's God with Berlusconi here. Uh, old man Berlusconi mixing it up. He jumps in here saying, I knew AC Milan had financial problems, and I'm worried about the silence of Mr. Lee, the new owner. Well, if there's one man who can smell a financial problem, we know who that's going to be. <laughs> yeah, right. So uh, Berlusconi continues to say that if the results would still be so disappointing, Elliot could take over from uh, the springtime. But the real problem is that without the Champions League qualification, they'd lose over 100 million euro. I'll stop the quote there, guys. But you just got to appreciate the immense pressure Milan has on making Champions League here, not just from the fans, but the business perspective. Because Milan has basically already spent money they don't have. Milan is a financial asset already spent that money, and they could be taken over by the creditors, which is an American hedge fund named Elliott. What do you guys think of that? Well, they're going to need some triage if they don't make the Champions League. And let's just face it, guys, they're not making the Champions League. I mean, they could pick any coach they want in the world right now to come in there, and they're not fixing it. Um, I mean, even I would even go so far as to say save a half a dozen players. They could have any single edition player in, in the January transfer window, and and it's not doing anything but man Berlusconi 
God. Que pale. Yeah, he needs... But, I mean, this guy This guy just needs to get a strong Twitter game, man. You know, I just... I like, triste. You know, something like that. Yeah. They, they're, these guys, they... That's all you need to say. <laughs> yeah. Berlusconi. This is always awesome when 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 Berlusconi comes back around. He's just always he's just the I told you so guy. For the Milanisti out there, you got a couple big events coming up in November. Again, soccer's a business, so they've got some meetings with financial fair play and a shareholders meeting as well. So as excited as you guys have been, there may be some financial woes in your future. Let's keep rolling, guys, to the fourth game of Week 11. We've got OTFR waxing Benevento 5-1. OTFR breaking off a broomstick in the witches' you-know-what. Tag, go ahead. I mean, Immobile, Immobile, Immobile. This guy. I mean, for for having that Bert from Bert and Ernie blonde haircut going on right now... um, I mean, this this guy is just just unbelievable. Fourteen goals so far in the season. He breaks Luca Toni's record for most goals in the Serie A through eleven games this century. I mean, this guy. There's just there's just not much more you can say. I mean, you you know, like like we said with Mauri Cardi or Drace Mertens, you expect this guy to go out and score every single game. I mean, when when you see that when I get the push notifications on my phone and they're like OTFR score, uh, you know, an angel loses its wings. Um, but uh, it's Cherry Immobile that's no, done it. Definitely right. I'm every time I see OTFR popping up on my screen, I'm thinking the same thing, man. Immobile, just he's a stud right now. Well, e- OTFR, I mean, they're overachieving so much right now. Uh, uh, even you know, Roma has a game in hand, but even if Roma had those three points, they still would be behind OTFR on the table. And I think that OTFR's turning the heads in Europe. And at this point, you start to hear the. The the murmurs of the the big uh, European clubs circling like sharks, you know, to, to to take their talent with outrageous offerings of of gold and wheat. Yeah. Um. That the the this one is uh, Milinkovic Savic. Yeah. Apparently, uh, people uh, OTFR set their price for him at a hundred million dollars. Shades of uh, of Belotti. Yes, shades of Belotti. Shades of uh, Urbano Cairo. So. Apparently, like, if you're under 25 and you're pretty good in the Serie A, 100 mil. I saw Mobile too. Uh, he, he laughed off the rumors of Chelsea coming to get him. So, Rightfully lot. so. Rightfully so. He needs to uh, have some consistency back-to-back-to-back seasons before he starts moving forward with massive price tags. That's just my humble opinion. Uh, you know, Bellotti, he's having that kind of a season. And uh, OTFR, man, just uh, despite their fans just being big time rap boys, are uh, going through adversity and and just coming out on top. So, you know, good on them. I can't believe you just mentioned the whole, you know, Roma that they're that they're ahead of Roma. But I'll tell you what, it is making for a massive. Oh my God, the Derby! Derby oh, in man. November, and yeah. I already got people from Italy texting me. Obviously, right? You know, these Italians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Make sure you uh, make sure you reserve the Alfieri spot for me. Yeah, and 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 send those T-shirts. Oh, the check is in the mail. Although they don't do checks in Italy. Um, but not only are are the big European clubs showing the respect. TOTFR by you know being linked with huge sums of money to their you know random players. 
the other Serie A teams respecting OTFR, uh, they're kind of now becoming the dark horse team to win the Scudetto where they, they take Milan's place who had all the hype going in the season. But these guys are showing results and Spalletti, when Spalletti is wearing a suit and sings your praises, uh, uh, that's, that's when, you know, he says that they can beat anyone. They're, they're lurking and can beat anyone, which if there was a verb that I would attach to OTFR, it, it would be lurking. <laughs> very fair. Absolutely very fair. So, yes, OTFR right there. I just, even if it is OTFR, guys, I lo- I'm loving the parody. Really love the parody. Let's jump to our favorite game of week 11, Roma Bologna. This one finished 1 0. Marco, maybe not your favorite game, torn. But in the end, Roma win handily in the Derby D Marco. <laughs> well, the reason why it wasn't my favorite game is because it was a bit of a snoozer. Uh, Roma did have the more of the play, but this is just a, you know, the beginning of Sharawi's big week. Actually, two days earlier, the man's birthday he turns 25 years old, which how long has he been in the league, guys? I just yeah. was amazed to see that he was only 25. Extremely happy about that. Even happier when he scored the, an incredible volley off the, off the corner kick. And no Jekyll, still a party. Like I said, it's a birthday party, guys. Jekyll hasn't scored since the the game in London against Chelsea, where he played amazing. Didn't score today against Chelsea, but he is. I mean, he's making himself known on the field. Jekyll is playing extremely well despite not scoring, and that is what I love the most about Jekyll right now. Well, I mean, he's getting as much attention drawn to him as you know me in a cheerleading costume on Halloween. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, every, every everyone just stop and looking, jaw open, be like, mm, I'd like to get some of that. Uh, you have to do whatever you can to stop Jekyll first, because I'm at you know if I'm an opposing coach playing Roma who has their spells of not being able to be creative or score goals, you just look at the roster and you go, okay, that guy is not beating me. And so it's interesting to see with Roma right now, with, with the game result today, um, you know, the grinded out um, 1-0 victories to Crotone and Bologna where they, you know, they're basically flexing their bench. Um, the, the, you know, the, the most dangerous guy on the field for them scoring-wise is Jekko. So it's good to see that EDF has these guys humming enough where they can find goals. Uh, uh, were that are not from a guy who some people call Dzeko. Yeah. No, Dzeko reminds me, this isn't for every game, but today, particularly in the Chelsea game, we'll talk about in a little bit. He reminded me of Josie Altidore, kind of being the target person that everyone was eyeing up. Maybe doesn't score all the goals, but definitely sets up his teammates. I mean, that first goal that he set up for El Shirawi, beautiful. Just beautiful. Josie Altidore, did he pull his hamstring this game? <laughs> no. No, and no ACL tears, which is another story for Roma we'll get into. Definitely, definitely. But again, <clears throat> they pull out the game. They they handled Bologna. I will say, guys, Bologna still in pretty good shape. The Red Jedi Rat Tail was out of this one, uh, or as I'm going to start calling them from now on, Anakin Rat Tail Skywalker Palacio Jr., the third. Uh, he uh, pulled his thigh and well, you was... Forgot, you forgot doctor. That's yeah. right. He was... The force was weak with the team this week, guys. Even though Simone Verde, ex-Roma player, had a good game. Di Francesco, EDF's son, by the way, uh, had a decent game as well. Look, Bologna just not at the level to be going to Roma and, and pulling the result. But, you know, they're still in pretty good shape. 12th place. 
Uh, with wow, four, that was fast. With 14 points, though, only 16 outside of Sampdoria. And, uh, you know, like I said, guys, the, the ragu keeps flowing. We know that Bologna is going to come out into the Europa League by the end of the season. Guaranteed my life on <laughs> on this prediction. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Il Sindaco di Bologna here. All right. So Roma takes that one one nothing in a bit of a snoozer, but we'll take it. One thing I'd like to point out, guys, though, uh, for the the Roma Chelsea game while we're on it, because you know we put the the OTFR fans to task, um, you know last week for the, for their racial taunting, and you see the headlines from uh, uh, from Roma this morning and yesterday about the the ultras attacking Chelsea fans um, in the stadium. Man, it's just it's just unacceptable. It's just absolutely pathetic. And I just gotta you know just point out that like who do these certain fans think they are? People are coming down here to watch a soccer game, and they're here to cheer on their team. And you just stake out where the English, play, you know, English speakers drink in Rome, and you do cowardly things like you go and attack them. There's just no place for that in this game. You're not doing anything to help your team. You're not making. You're not any more a part of the team. You're just a psycho who has some misplaced love of this team by embarrassing yourself, the team, and the city. I'm, I'm kind of right there with you, Tad. I just, you know, look, I'm a Yankee fan, but look, if I see a Red Sox fan cheering at Yankee Stadium across the way, I'm not interested in kind of focusing on that. I cheer for my team, and it just kind of takes away from the storyline for Roma. This is a black eye for us again. We're still dealing with potential racism chants up in uh, England just it takes away from the game it takes away from uh wearing the colors for roma like just wearing my my windbreaker or whatever you know it's uh it takes away yeah but let's let's just flip it guys let's get a little positive here <clears throat> i know that uh you know some of these these roma fans are really going over the top roma fans in general though they came out in numbers right for this game it was just an impressive uh, pack stadium and they came out huge result Nangola and, Ko- and Kolarov were rested for the midweek um, or I'm sorry against Bologna and they come into this game and everybody's clicking and Roma wins this game 3 nothing with Sharawi coming up with some absolute magic like I said it was the beginning Bologna was the beginning of his of his uh, goal scoring route over here just so good to see an Italian team take down the champions of the EPL and, uh, you know, Chris, when you saw the score today, what, what did you think? Love the Roma Radio guys, how passionate they are. And the El Shirawi goes, Il Farone. Love that stuff. I mean, just the first one was so beautiful when I saw it on Twitter, man. Just, just a great goal. Um, really happy for the, the cheering, the chanting for, for the Roma fans who, who really did go out and, and cheer on Roma. Uh, credit to them, man. Just a, a lot of fun, a great game. I still haven't seen the full replay of the game, but just following along on social media and on the radio it was a great game. Before the game even started, you saw the lineups and you thought to yourself, "This is the, this is the best team that Roma has right now." And uh, you know they go out and they play as a unit. A lot of these players have been around at Roma for a while, so there's a lot of cohesion, similar to what you see at Napoli. Uh, and Chelsea's a bit on the hot seat right now, and so you know everything kind of fell together. Uh, now let's just hope that uh, Roma can just pull out the rest of this group stage. I'm not going to talk about them advancing until after this Atletico game because they do have Korbag on the last game. Yep. 
at home. You know, this is just, this is just all too familiar for Roma fans. So let's see this thing through. Spoken like a true Romanista there. Absolutely. So enjoy the day, Romanisti. We'll take a quick break, finish off week 11 with the second half of the games. This week's episode of Curve America is brought to you by Sumner Furniture. Sumner Furniture are office furniture experts based in the Washington, D.C. metro area. They provide high-quality new and used office furniture for all-size jobs, ranging from just one chair to million-square-foot offices. Sumner provides space designs, commercial moves, delivery and installation for projects nationwide. Check out their website, SumnerFurniture.com, or their eBay store. Contact them and mention Curve America for an additional 10% off any new or used office chair. After the break, our sixth game of week 11, we've got Sampdoria and Chievo. This one finished 4-1. Sampdoria continued to be Serie A's new darlings, clipping the wings of the flying donkeys at home in Genoa. There's only one team from that beautiful city this year. The number one thing we got to talk about, guys, is Sampdoria as a whole. How are they doing this? Just a little bit of background. Going back to the transfer market, my beloved transfer market, they sold Schick. They got Muriel out to Sevilla. Those were their studs. How are they getting away with being the darlings of Serie A this season? Well, you're also forgetting Skriniar, too, as well. That's right. That's right. So how is Sampdoria getting this done? Apparently with new guys like Linetti uh, scoring in the past couple of games. Zapata got, this one, uh, got a goal in this one as well. But the story, I guess, in this game was the guy who got a brace with Torreira. A goal of the week candidate in his free kick. Definitely worth checking out on YouTube. I'm sure Atletico Madrid is looking at that YouTube clip. So much so with this goal-changing experience. He was quoted in uh, a couple of articles saying that his life has changed, not only after this game, but working with Gianpaolo's brother, a coach in the Pescara Youth Development System. So he made him play a deeper role out on the field. And uh, seems to be tearing it up right now. That goal was amazing. Yeah, definitely a prospect in the city. Uh, it's good to see that you have young players spread throughout the league. And Sampdoria this year, they're on fire. Yeah, Torriera definitely makes himself the new it girl um, in the in the Serie A this week. And, you know, he's he's played pretty well this year. But when you're able to flex your muscles, I mean that 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 free kick he had in this game was just unholy. I mean, I, he scored it from my living room. You know, it was, yeah. it was it was like those old McDonald's commercials with Michael Jordan and Larry Bird, like off the rafters, <laughs> you know, off the VAR machine, off the guy drinking an espresso, off the guy drinking a non-alcoholic beer, nothing but net. Yep. No, absolutely right. Uh, great goal. Top corner. Well done. The other guy we got to mention, guys, is Qualiorella. He only had assists in this game. But a little bit of a side note on this one. If you haven't seen this article on Bleacher Report... Coriella's kind of had a crazy run here. He was He's a Napolitan, and he's bounced around throughout the Serie A. He was a hero while he played for Napoli until things got a little crazy. He had a stalker and kind of ruined his that part of his life. Um, just kind of made him... A police officer who's a stalker as well. Yeah. So uh, the, the article's a long read, definitely a long-form read, but... Um, Coriella wanted to do the article because he wanted to bring more attention to this crime of stalking. 
So if you're looking for uh, a, a tough story about a seemingly a good guy in Qualiorella, uh, definitely check out Bleacher Report and, and see what he's gone through uh, uh, during his ordeal playing in the Serie A. Yeah, Quags has always been a, a quality player, and he's always one of those players that you know you kind of thought underachieved. Now he's got this thing behind it. He's having this you know kind of this feel good comeback uh, uh, story in Sampdoria, and Sampdoria is tough this year. Um, you know, I mean, they're so good they even beat Roma this year, even though they haven't played him yet. Um, but you know, Quags is kind of one of those like kings of the niche Italian striker that like, you know, the, the, the Mattia Destros of the world look up to. Yeah. And he is, uh, he's definitely, he, he create, even though he didn't score this game, he was uh, a big part of the first one. And, uh, again, he's just, he just puts up the numbers and, uh, you know, he's immortal. He's yeah. been d- dipped in the uh, in the bath of immortality. Yeah, I imagine that he's given good advice to Sampdoria's young strikers. That's why they're uh, seemingly doing so well. The other big news is looking up at the top guys with Il Mister, Gianpaolo. What do you guys think? Is he genius or just lucky? What do you What do you guys think about this? Things are falling at the right time right now, and they've come up with a couple big results. So. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say that Giampaolo is this year's Gasperini. So he's the Elmer Fudd of, uh, <laughs> yeah. of, this, of this season, Serie A. Um, I think you, you know, only time will tell, and uh, let's see what happens after the break because maybe Torriero, maybe Torriero gets picked off by some big club in January. I, I tend to agree with Marco on this one. I mean, the, the thing about some of these more, more established Italian coaches like like Giampaolo is they have the they have the intelligence. I mean, they they see the game so in depth tactically, and they're 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 so studious, and they really uh, uh, dissect the other teams. That if they get the right you know cocktail of players, they can kind of buy into their vision and play the way that they want to play, and they, he doesn't have to rely so much. On you know stars like Luis Muriel and Skriniar, although I mean Skriniar is kind of plug and play at this point. I'm definitely eating my words on on that transfer uh, uh, story, or you know Schick or something that you know that he that he can have a a, a nice as the English say run of form um, and and surprise people, man. I mean they're competitive every game and they're believing, and I think that has a lot to do with the coach. Yeah, Sampdoria, as the the team, the management is concerned, uh, they're sold on him. Sporting director Carlo coming out saying the team hopes to remain intact through June and hopes that Jim Paolo is is, uh, going to stay, calling it a coup if they do so, get to keep him for next season. Oh, they think he's going to Milan, huh? Yeah, Yeah, we'll see. Then there's our old buddy, team president Ferrero. He's happy with Jim Paolo forming a Sampdoria identity, and he says we're going to take... We'll, we'll go wherever our heads, legs, and heart take us. They've got a big game this weekend, guys. The Derby della Lanterna, the Derby of Genoa. Ferrero says, may the best team win. How about that for a quote, Marco? Finish off, looking at the other side of this game, guys, is Kievo. Coach Maran continues uninspiring of the masses. Only focus is not getting relegated. I'm glad that Giampaolo put Sampdoria on the list of contenders for the Europa League. But we need to think about ourselves, Kievo, and need to think, need to guarantee our safety as quickly as possible. So watch out, Crotone. Another team is vying for 17th place, 11th place. Clearly not Europe here. My thought on this, guys, for Kievo, I'm hoping so let's let's throw a moonshot here. Let's get like a manager like Joe Girardi from the Yankees, embraces Italian roots, consider a job like this, 
get some inspiration here because Coach Moran's just not cutting it for me. Yeah, well, Coach Moran is a bit of a realist. And I thought you might be able to relate to that a little bit. But, you know, he is uh, maybe a little bit too negative, and uh, we'll see if he holds on to that job. How can you say in week 11, let's just secure our safety as quick as possible, man? Because Cable's trash. Yeah, but vibe for Europe. We want Europa spots. That's what. That, if I'm a fan, that's what I hope you're shooting for. Look how bad the second half of the table is. you got to shoot for something. Yeah, well, they're part of that. Yeah, it's true. Let's keep rolling to a shocker of Week 11. Fiorentina and Crotone. This one finished 2-1. Crouton Nation rejoice. Crotone Club USA reemerge out of the midweek sewer to witness their mighty croutons get all up in Fiorentina's salad. Tad, go ahead. You like that crouton salad thing I did there, Chris? Crouton Nation. I love it. Used? I, I, I did it for you. <laughs> Cheers. Guys, Crotone's first big Serie A win this season, man. The march, the race to 17th, um, you know, is, 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 is getting off ahead of steam. It's not waiting for the last eight, nine weeks of the season That's right. to start bumping off the, you know, the, the big wigs of the Serie A. Um, They're loving 15th place right now, but 17th oh, 15th place. 15th place looks good on him, man. Yeah. It looks as good as a Zeus jersey on him. Yeah. You know, a, a, a spindle-colored red, white, and blue Zeus jersey on him with a, with a customized Pythagoras. You know, this this team that, you know, seems to, seems to have found their footing a little bit. You know, Gallo Sporco, the, the Falcinelli, even though he scored this week, um, which was the only bright spot for Sassuolo against um, uh, Napoli this week, you know, he's, he's probably trying to get back in the club here. You know, he's like, oh, no, man, I was just playing. You know, and I was just going over there to talk to this girl. Everybody. I'd like to come back over here. I haven't been trying. That's the, that's the best thing that people say. Yeah, I'm trying to get back into this Crotone party. You know, can, 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 is the password still the same, man? Uh, you know, <laughs> he's, text, he's texting uh, 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 Davide Nicola at like 2 in the morning. He's like, you up? You know, you up, man? So Grease up them bike spokes. Let's take a ride. But so you know, Crotone you know, off off to quite the start this year. Um, you know, not 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 going to have the the big fight to stay up, and that race to seventeen is is still alive. But on the other side of that, Fiorentina, Ish, you're losing to Crotone now. Yeah, that's tough for the shame. La Viola. It's the curse of the away jersey, man. They 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 have formed instead of one cohesive unit. They have now formed four separate teams that are going to go play on the road in white. You know, I mean, maybe they're trying to, you know, be like ghosts for Halloween with these white jerseys, but no. all they did was basically put the skid marks in the back of their shorts on display. <laughs> you know, they're just uh, throwing up the white flag. I mean, there's so many, so many poop and surrender references you can make with this, with this white color. Uh, outside of the two, and I swear we'd think of more if we had more time, but guys, do, do we even know what the good Fiorentina away jersey color is well i hope we don't find out next week when they play roma so just uh they're not in a bad shape right now again i think it's because the the uh the league is jekyll and hyde right now uh but they are in seventh place uh only four points off of Sampdoria. Uh i think they can recover from this let's just hope that they don't do so uh and they don't start to do so next week i like that jekyll and hyde for the Serie A table that is exactly what we got Let's keep going with the Jekyll and Hyde reference at the bottom. We got Udinese and Atalanta. Atalanta, what is going on? 2-1, massive win for Udinese, who avenged their zebra brethren 
from last week. Marco, go ahead. Well, speaking of Jekyll and Hyde, here are two teams that are exactly that. Uh, Udinese, who, uh, you know, second big win, first against Samp, and this is the second one, uh, against an Atalanta team that everybody just loves and expects huge things from. Atalanta, like, completely the opposite. I mean, they lose to Samp, uh, who is vying for that European spot just like them, now against Udinese. And you're wondering, where did this Udinese team even come from? I mean, this win essentially got them out of the the, the semi-danger zone because uh, now they have 12 points uh, just out of reach of Cagliari with 9, Crotone 9, Sassuolo has 8, and then Genoa with 6. So only... Th- you know, only six points out of the relegation zone. Uh, Udinese, though, had a good performance here. And, uh, you know, they just goes to show that th- these are the teams uh, between Atalanta and Udinese that are going to be vying for those uh, last European spots at the end of the season. But they need to turn it on and they need some consistency. All right, it begs the question, guys. Do Atalanta, are they focusing on Europa too much? Are they taking for granted that they won't be relegated? What do you think? I think Atalanta is just in, in a tough way trying to find themselves in the Serie A right now. They know how to focus on Europe and win Europa games. They know um, they've you know, been doing it early, and they've, they've had some tough battles um, to get to where they're at. So I think they're just they're just trying to figure out their, their starting 11 right now. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's tough to be dropping points like this, but it seems like in the Serie A they rely too much on Papu Gomez and and the only Brian in the Serie A, another new it girl out there that you know they they just haven't found it yet. But this is a team, and that between them and uh, uh, sixth place, where they are now in sixth place, they have plenty of time to figure it out. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Uh, I I kind of wonder if they're approaching this like an NBA game, right? Like, hey, look, we're not going to get relegated. We really don't have to play until the last two minutes of the fourth quarter. And then we'll be fine. But hopefully Atalanta puts it on a little bit more, keeps us excited about them this season. Second to last game of Week 11, guys. We've got Torino and Cagliari. This one finished 2-1. Temporary relief for Mihalovic as his Torino Bulls get some much-needed points against struggling Cagliari. The biggest one here, guys, Cairo, the, the president who rides the bull of Torino, not happy with the current state. But believes Miha thinking the same way. They're both not content with just putting up a good fight. So again, the grittiness of Torino comes through. Miha, his response is, I hope I get more time to kind of find his legs here. And I think that's what's going to happen here. This was a big win. Cairo's giving him a vote of confidence after this one. He also gets Belotti back, even though there were no goals. Suddenly Torino starts winning again. So I think it's safe to say that he's the linchpin. Torino's grittiness, I wish more Italian teams had, guys. They, they want Europe. They're fighting for Europe. And comparing them to Kiev's approach as if the middle of the pack is purely content with participation trophies, they're not content with just staying up in Serie A. So I'm a Torino fan in how they're approaching their business. Well, that being said, uh, Kiev was only one point behind Torino. So, you know, again, uh, Torino, maybe they've just been needing Belotti to come back. I think it is a good thing for them that they've gotten some uh, minutes for the other players as well while he's been out. You know, it's it's really hard for your team to consistently play well when your coach is trying to find the Dragonstone in, in the, inside the mountain. <laughs> Um, and and awakes uh, smog. 
because he's friggin' Bilbo, Bilbo Baggins. Yeah, I didn't see what he was wearing if he had a suit on again for this game, but good He, he, he was there. dressed like he knows Gandalf. Yeah, yeah. On the other side of things, guys, is Cagliari. New coach Lopez settling in, finally finding a goal scorer. Shots fired in this one. He felt that they threw away points, and they're eager for better. The saving grace, I guess, is Barella. He's a young goal scorer. He got one in this game. Still didn't get the victory, but hey, at least they got a goal. Nicolo Barella, that's who got called up for the Italian national team last game. Mm. I mean, this kid, this kid's taken uh, Giovinco's place, even mm. though they don't play the same position. <laughs> Time for the one game we've got in Richard bring, Whittles. Bring it in here, Marco. The Danger Zone. All right. In the Danger Zone, we've got one nothing. Spal used their good looks and superior fighting skills to begin their challenge to mighty Crotone to stay up in the Serie A. Tad, what do you got? Oh, no, not just to stay up in the Serie A. They're, ra- they're racing for 16 or 17, too. <laughs> Crotone's got a fight on his hand. If Crotone thought they were just going to waltz in 17th place again... Boy, they got another thing coming. And yeah. guys, Antonucci, still sexy. That beautiful beard. I mean, he's dropping the thundercatso all over the field in this game, man. Um, he scores on a hold-up play from Peloshi, where four general players just get caught lost in Antonucci's eyes. Um, you know, basically like they looked into the eyes of Prince. And just, just watch him drill home a, 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 a dump off to him. Guys, this is the game where Spall puts it all together. It's starting go. to sound like me with Bologna, man. <laughs> yeah. But Antonucci, love that celebration, climbs again up on the, uh, the advertisement boards, grabs the pole that holds the net. Looks like he just absolutely conquered Genoa on that goal. And what do they do? They get the win. I think you're right, man. Vying for Europe. Yeah, they uh, they had to uh, sub on Borriello late in this one because I think it, it's just they've come to the conclusion that there just can't be that much sexy on the field for that long. There's like, there's like, I think that like it's coming down from the league office. And I think Burkhalter's charge of this down there. I told that man a thousand times I don't roll on Shabbos. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, they're, they're saying, hey man, like 20 minutes, 30 minutes max. Otherwise, you know, we're, we're, we're going to have the population spike. Well, Spall's arguably got one of the more exciting games coming up this weekend with Atalanta. So we'll see if they continue this momentum. And then on the other side of the ball, guys, Genoa. The race for relegation continues for them. Oh, I called it. You and I both called it at the beginning of the season. These guys, man. These guys. Let me tell you. These guys. These guys are going down to Saturday B. OTF Genoa, that is. The other, yeah. And speaking of OTF Genoa, for their Week 12 game, they've got their derby. The Derby della Lanterna playing Sampdoria. Those are two, honestly, probably the most exciting games on the schedule for Week 12. Having said that, guys, well done. We've wrapped up week 11. We've still got time for trick-or-treating, so time to go out there. Until we put week 12 in the books, ragazzi, diciamo. Arrivederci. Ciao. Happy Halloween. Ciao, 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 ciao. (laughs) 